on this episode of The Jason Wright Show. And I can't tell you how many guys in their 40s and early 50s that I've had come see me that now have a skin cancer this big just because they keep ignoring it. Just don't ignore something. And then melanoma, especially in younger women, like it's it's rough and yeah. it's a really, really terrible disease. And um, we're getting better at treating it. But my husband, who's now a hospice physician, you know, those are some of the worst cases he's seen. So if you have a mole, A, B, C, D, E. If you have a mole that used to be round and is now asymmetric, the border has changed. You have new colors inside the mole. The diameter is expanding. Ease your biggest one. You have a mole that's evolving. Don't ignore those things. And so, and okay. if you have a concern about any of that, I would always rather, or any of my partners would rather mm-hmm. say, it's okay, you know, yeah. but for the one time that you say, eh, it's probably okay. And you let something get out of hand. Hey folks, before we get started, I'm really excited to announce that I have my latest book out and it is my first piece of fiction. I am so excited. It's called The Stone Chiseler. The Stone Chiseler is based, not based necessarily on, but definitely inspired by Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. This is a story that takes place in the Renaissance era and it's a young boy who just falls victim to some of the worst possible circumstances that you could possibly imagine. However, With the help of a mentor, he discovers that just because he has found himself in these dire circumstances, there is still meaning to his life. And it's up to young Giovanni Cristiani to figure out what that meaning is. And so as the stone chiseler seems to be chiseling away fruitlessly at a boulder in front of him, it turns out that he might just be chiseling the man that he will become from the inside out. I'm very proud of this work. Here's just a little sampling of what you, you can expect from the Stone Chiseler. It was a most peculiar sight for the artist. Though he had called Florence his home in his early years as an apprentice, he has now returned much more feeble, weathered, and well-traveled. As the old man made his way into Florence, he saw near the shore what appeared to be a prison yard. Villagers unconsciously strode past the yard, paying no attention to the men and their large stones. They were fixtures of the town, a kind of living art, a constant warning of these inmates' criminal past. As he made his way closer to the yard, his suspicions were confirmed. This was indeed a prison. He was in awe. He had seen for the first time the storied stone yards. It was a place where men were reduced to non-entities. They just went about their day chiseling from one boulder to the next. The Stone Chiseler. This will be the first fictional work produced by Texas Titans Media, so we're very, very proud of this, and I do hope you will go out and pre-order it right now at Amazon.com. You can get the Kindle version in right now pre-ordered, and then obviously the audio and paper back, and hopefully the hardback will follow shortly thereafter. So go out to Amazon.com. Please pre-order your copy of The Stone Chiseler. Now, enjoy the show. <laughs> Dr. Jenny Holman, welcome to the Jason Wright Show. Thank you, Jason, for having me. Well, it's so cool to be here. And just so the audience knows, my very first on-location, camera-rolling podcast. So thank you so much for bearing with me on this. You're welcome. Welcome to my happy spot. Okay. Well, it's a lot of people's happy spot. You can't help but, I mean, it's called Calm, and we'll talk about that. But, I mean, it's just such a cool facility. You feel better whenever you just walk through the doors, and you feel really good. Of course, you can get some pretty painful things done while you're here, but you always feel better and look better when you leave calm. And so one of the things, like I told you before we got online, is talking about health and wellness. I've done a lot of episodes on cardiovascular health. I've done gut health, gut biome, you know, the whole nine yards, obviously, uh, intermittent fasting, talked about those things, but I've never done an episode really talking about skincare. And so I want you to lead this discussion, but like, I come in with just curiosity. I want to know, and and look, anti-aging, or at least 
slowing the aging process, especially since I'm about to turn 47 this month. It's, it's coming up really, really fast. I want to slow down the process as much as possible, and part of that is skincare. And so I thought what we would do would start with just overall skin health. You know, the things that everyone needs to know, they need to understand. But then I want to get into some of those, those I hate to use the word hack, but the biohacks that how you can really uh, regenerate your skin. And I want to go into the treatments that you guys get into because you do some really cool things in here that kind of freak me out and kind of scare me, but I want to know about them. So with that, and then I want to know how in the world when someone decides that one, they've got the smarts to become a physician, how do you decide to dedicate your practice to the dermis? I mean, it seems like it's such a complicated field. Um, how did that happen? So let's start there. How you became a dermatologist, you know, and then let's just move into overall skincare and what you need to do to protect yourself. So with that long, ridiculous introduction of what we're gonna be yeah. talking about, Take it away, Dr. Holman. So people think dermatology is such a focused thing. It's really not. Like I see patients that are babies all the way. I have patients that are in their hundreds. Um, I do everything from acne to cosmetic dermatology to where I'm doing complex facial repairs and cutting out skin cancer. That's what I spend most of my time doing, actually. So that's why skin health to me is the biggest piece of what I do, just because I treat so much skin cancer every day. Right. And so it's just, it's a fun, fun field. And everybody who's in dermatology wanted to be in dermatology. It's a tough field to get into, but I have most of my nights and weekends at home so I can have my real job at home, which is being a mom of three kids and a wife. And so it's, um, it's just fun. It's never the same thing. You know, I do surgery all day. Then I get to come over here and have fun with lasers and needles and things like that. It's just a very varied field and I feel very blessed to be in it. But going back to what you said, that's the most important thing to me. This is fun and we do a lot of fun things here, but if everybody leaves knowing how to protect their skin and keep it healthy, that's the biggest thing. Because so much of what I do, even for myself personally, is because I don't want one of my partners to cut on me down the road. And um, personally, I was an old tanning bed user um, before I knew that I wanted to be a dermatologist and actually had melanoma when I was 24. And so that kind of started my journey into skin wellness and health. That was about when I decided to become a dermatologist, ironically. And so haven't had any problems, but because of that, encouraging folks to be safe with their skin, to be smart with their skin, protect it from the damage that we know exists out there. That's the most important thing that I do. Well, and that's one of the things that I should have mentioned up front is that you do wear two hats. I mean, you're just straight up physician, yep. Dr. Holman, that I've seen. That's where I go to get my annual scan to make sure I'm doing okay. But then also, like where we're sitting in this incredibly gorgeous facility is Calm, which is the more elective. It is, there is a, a strong skin health component, but also this is where the beautification happens, right? Is, is that, is that yeah, fair to say? It is. Okay, so let's start with overall just the ABCs of good skin health. And, you know, and Here's the thing I struggle with, Dr. Holman, uh, Jenny, is um, like I've got Abby and Rylan. Mm -hmm. They're yeah. 20 and 21. Right. And Rylan in particular, we go to the beach and she just fries herself. And I used to do that. Right. So for those younger people in the audience, tell them what's happening whenever they're not protecting their skin. So when you're not protecting your skin, and my teenagers, they get sunburns too, and I think they do it just to spite me um, because they're teenagers and that's what they do. Right. But what happens is, so UV radiation is actually a carcinogen. We know it's listed as a carcinogen. And so what happens is the UV enters your cell and the DNA breaks. And over time, your body's pretty good at repairing these DNA breaks. You get the same thing from others, um, what we call free radicals, so smog. LED lights, blue light, all those kind of things too. But UV radiation is a huge one. And at some point, your body can't keep repairing that DNA. And so okay. what does that progress to? Ugly skin and skin cancer. And okay. so, you know, sometimes for younger folks, it's the ugly skin because skin cancer seems like one of those old people things that seems so far off and it's never going to happen to me. I know my girls don't listen to me, even when I show them horrible pictures of like mm -hmm. the surgeries and things that I do. But um, it's the ugly skin sometimes that helps people because what are cute freckles when you're 23, yeah. when you're 33, they're not so cute anymore. They start to become bigger sunspots. When you're 43, you start to get broken blood vessels, red and brown sun damage too. And so there's a lot that you can do. And the earlier on that I can get folks to start protecting their skin, the ABCs, pretty basic. 
sunscreen. That's an yeah. easy thing. My preference, I like mineral-based, broad-spectrum sunscreens. Um, we sell a ton of them here. Yeah. But even if you can do an over-the-counter once a day just to protect from that UV radiation, you're not only looking at preventing that skin cancer, but it just keeps things prettier, too. So that's one of the things I, I'm glad you brought up because I did not know that all skin care, well, rather, all suntan lotions were not created equally. Right. I didn't know that until I got into this. As a matter of fact, this show and uh, one of my former guests, uh, Dr. Ailey Cohen out in New Jersey, she wrote the book uh, uh, Non-Toxic, you know, and and it's, that's where I was alerted to the fact that, oh my gosh, yeah, that some of the toxins that are in just the cheaper sunscreens can be really harmful. So, Talk a little bit about like the stuff that people can get here. Mm -hmm. and, and again, folks, just so you know, this is not some ad for Calm. Jenny is my guest. She's teaching me here. Uh, so don't think that I'm saying, hey, tell us what you've got for the customers out there. Right. It's not the deal. Uh, what should we be looking for? Like if I turn, like I know when I'm buying food, there's certain ingredients. If it's an ide or, you know, if I can't pronounce it, I probably won't buy it. So what are things that people need to be looking either for it to absolutely have in their sunscreen, as well as the things that if it's, if this is in there, then you probably want to switch something else. So I personally tend to recommend and stick to what we call chemical sun blocks. I mean, okay. excuse me, physical sun blocks as opposed to chemical sun screens. And Got so it. what's the difference? I don't so even know. So zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. Think back to the 1980s with the lifeguards with yep. the white, white noses. Nose. Okay. Yes. So we've gotten to better to where these are broken down. You don't have the white nose. Um, so those are your physical sun blocks. And mm -hmm. so you're getting a lot more overall protection from a physical sun block. Now, still as a dermatologist, I'm going to say the best sunscreen is the one that you'll use just because sometimes I'd rather you just put anything on okay. than get a sunburn. Okay. But, you know, most of the products that we recommend here are those mineral physical sun blocks. Okay. We've got them in every shape and size. We've got them in tents. We've got them in sticks. We've got them in compacts, all those different things. So a lot of times the vehicles less important than what your active ingredients are as well. And the biggest thing with sunscreen that I get folks, you know, they think the number on there tells them, oh, sweet, I put on an SPF 100, I'm golden all day. Mm -hmm. You're not. And so it's reapplication, especially if you have water exposure, even water resistant and waterproof sunscreens are only 90 minutes. And so okay. it's that reapplication where people tend to miss the boat. And my favorite forms of sunscreen, big hat, long sleeves, those kind of things too. Physical protection takes your guesswork out of it. Okay. All right. Very good to know. Now, what if you're someone like me, 47, I remember like I first came to you as not in, to calm, but actually to your dermatology practice. And you started mentioning, well, you've got some sun damage, right. you know, that's what really shows up on, on me. So is there anyone that is middle-aged like I am? Can they start to reverse the process, slow the process. I mean, what do I do to be proactive about this yes. thing? So your sunscreen's proactive preventing more damage, but it's okay. not really doing anything to reverse damage. The other thing, in addition to sunscreen that can help prevent more damage mm -hmm. is antioxidant use topically as well. So there's a whole slew of antioxidants. I know you've talked about that, I'm sure, in dietary mm -hmm. antioxidants, those type things as well, which are great for your skin also, but topical antioxidants. So vitamin C is probably the biggest one that people talk about, okay. but that helps your body during the day both decrease what we call tyrosinase and so decrease melanin production, but also repair from those free radicals and oxidative stress that you've got going on in your skin during the day. And so that's why most of the time we're putting on antioxidants in the morning before our sunscreen. So that's proactive preventing damage as well. But when you talk about reversing the damage that you've already got, which we totally can, we have genetic studies to show that you keep up with some of the procedures that we do here at Calm, mm -hmm. you actually genetically are reversing the aging in some of these DNA, you know, in some of your cells really? of the skin by some of these procedures. One of the biggest one is, um, they call it a forever young BBL. And they have folks that they've done these monthly for a few years and then done genetic studies and biopsies and those types of things. And literally their skin is younger five years down the road than when they started. Same thing with laser resurfacing. Do you look great? Yes, but I recommend it annually for anybody with sun damage simply because you're treating that early precancerous sun damage. And again, preventing things, but it is reversing the process too. Okay. Let's talk about the BB, BBL. Mm -hmm. yeah, what does BBL light. stand for? And what, what's yeah. going on when that happens? So broad-based light, it's a really quick treatment. And so you come in and it's, um, is it infrared? Is it? No, what? it's actually a light source. People want to call it a laser, okay. but it's kind of a broad spectrum of light. A laser is a very specific Got nanometer it. that treats like Got hemoglobin it. or melanin or a tattoo pigment, those type things. Okay. A laser, you'd think it's a laser the way that it looks, the way that it feels, all those kind of things, but it's more a broad-based light. And so I'm treating a whole spectrum 
spectrum of things. I always say like a laser, I'm pulling one crayon out of the box. Yep. With a broad-based light treatment, I'm giving you the whole box of crayons. Gotcha. And so we're treating red damage, we're treating brown sun damage, but at the same time, you're reversing some of those aging changes inside the skin of the cells, and you can treat face, neck, I mean, head to toe. I've locked myself in that room for a couple of hours before and oh, wow. just gone head to toe. Okay, yeah. all right. So, and then talk about what is going on at the molecular level, I guess it's the best, or the cellular level. What is happening? How is that regeneration happening? I mean, what is the light? Is it just stimulating growth? Is it getting, like, okay, Here's my simple mind, yeah. my non-medical mind. I understand autophagy from fasting is I'm cleaning a cell, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so by cleaning a cell, then I allow for cleaner cell growth or whatever. And in this case, is it something similar, like you're cleaning cells, or is it literally making new cells grow through? I mean, what's happening? It's a little bit different. It's not making new cells or cleaning cells. It's stimulating your body's healing response. So a lot of what we do, that can be microneedling, laser treatments, those type things. So too. reducing some inflammation? is that I'm actually tending to increase inflammation initially, creating a healing cascade. Gotcha. It's the same kind of thing too, like with platelet-rich plasma, those type things too, that you're inducing a healing phase in your skin, which then reverses some of the damage that's okay. there. And okay, so, makes sense. You know, an easier way to think about it perhaps is with microneedling, which we do a lot mm -hmm. of both radiofrequency microneedling and standard microneedling, that I'm creating thousands of tiny injuries in your skin because I want that pro-inflammatory healing cascade in your skin to come in. And I guess clean out, it's not really cleaning out the cells, but it's cleaning out some of that damage mm -hmm. peripherally. Yeah, okay, okay, that makes sense to me. All right, and so... Now then, okay, so that's one of the things we can do to start to regenerate. How long does that take? How does it, like, if I came in to do that, and am I a candidate for that? I think just about everybody's a candidate. I okay. don't really like to do some of these treatments on what we call Fitzpatrick 5 and 6 skin. That's because you'll get some darkening of the skin. What does that mean, Fitzpatrick? Darker skin. So, okay. like, um, darker African-American or Hispanic skin, those are going to be fives and sixes. Okay. And so, like, I'm a two. You're a two as well. And okay. And so, really fair skin's a one. And okay. the translucent folks, they're one. Got it. But anybody who's not at risk for hyperpigmentation, the procedure takes, like, ten minutes. And oh, I have really? folks that are in, you know, most folks are doing it about once a quarter. Mm -hmm. um, but most, uh, there are people who are in monthly doing that kind of thing as well. Downtime's about your red for about 24 hours. And if you have any brown, initially that first time you're brown for about a week afterwards. Mm -hmm. But once you keep up with it you don't see any of that it's just that kind of red initially afterwards okay and you mentioned nutrition mm -hmm. and antioxidants right. so what is something that I'm always going to find in your fridge or your pantry at your house that you that you have purchased not just for digestive gut biome whatever but you're like this is something that's in my nutritional protocol because I know it's going to keep my skin healthy. It's going to keep elasticity, right. whatever the case may be. What is something? I'll be honest, Jason, like I don't really eat for my skin. Okay. I, I eat more for my gut. Like I do Got it. kombucha. I try to eat pretty clean, those type things as well. Every once in a while I have a cheese it problem. I won't lie on that part, but, um, but I'm one that I love food. And okay. so I'm, I don't really have like a prescribed diet that I follow for my skin, but I, I'm, I love food. Like I'm one that I'm not going to eat a ton of it, but I want to try and eat everything and okay. we love wine too that kind of stuff as well mm -hmm. all that being said so many folks don't realize how tightly their gut is tied to the inflammation in their yep. skin i've yep. done all the food sensitivity testing all that kind of stuff too mainly because i want to avoid anything mm -hmm. that both for my gut and my skin is going to be pro-inflammatory and i'm sensitive to literally like nothing and so which was nice to know yeah but I was kind of hoping I could you know as somebody who's a doer I was like what can I do what can I eliminate right. that type of things however in folks with rosacea psoriasis other inflammatory skin conditions it's not that gluten or dairy causes those conditions but folks if they are sensitive to those things it's so much harder for me to get them under control and like rosacea is just a classic one somebody mm -hmm. will go and eat more sugar than they're used to and they on Monday they are just torn up because yeah. Their oh. diet for the weekend, mm -hmm. you know, or alcohol, those kind of things as well. It's that moderation is the key for all these. But if you are sensitive to something, your skin does not like it. That's so crazy that you you bring up gut health because that's one of the things that has blown my mind is how much I'm actually taking a course right now. So Joel Green, who wrote the book The Immunity Code, which mm -hmm. you would totally dig, I highly recommend it. Uh, his whole, it's, his whole philosophy is starting, whether it's weight loss, overall health, longevity, it mm -hmm. starts in the gut. Uh, Dr. Marvin Singh, who wrote Rescue Your Health, Health, he was on the show, and 
the first time he was on, it was all about gut biome. And the way he described it was, you know, well, for one, just you think better because you've got more neurotransmitters in your stomach, right, than your, your head. And just all that, it, so, so you're saying, even with skincare, it is tied to the gut. It's all tied to the gut. I mean, anybody who it's talks crazy. about and learns about the gut, mm -hmm. that's what everybody says. It's all about the gut. But interesting that you say that about the gut microbiome. This is the next phase of skincare as well is the skin microbiome. That's so, okay. So it's yes. cool. That you, I want to hear more about that because yeah. that's one of the things that Marvin Singh said. He's like, what most people don't realize is that there's other, it's like, consider like, uh, the, the gut Rome, and then there's little colonies, you know, out there. It's kind of the headquarters, but there's little biomes out there. So yeah. talk about the skin biome. It's bonkers to me because like when you don't take care of your skin over time, like it's this epigenetic phenomenon that's driven by the bacteria. It's actually changing your cells, your DNA, your genes, these bacteria and what they're producing on mm -hmm. your skin. It is a hundred percent I think the next wave it's just like we're dipping our toe in the water with platelet-rich plasma and we don't fully get it like we know all these places that it works and it's beautifully harnessing your own growth factors yeah. but we don't completely understand it why it works so well the next phase in skin care anti-aging all of it is the skin microbiome and mm -hmm. so harnessing because you're covered in bacteria like covered covered in bacteria mm -hmm. And they're constantly, there's this constant interplay. They're secreting different substances, things like that. They reside at different levels too. Some are at the base of the hair follicle. Some are on the surface of the skin. And so I'm super excited about some products that hopefully are going to launch in the next year. Mm -hmm. um, that I sat down and talked to one of the scientists recently. I was like, how is this not a drug? Like, how are you not marketing this as a drug for the phenomenal effects that it does but it's just working with the skin microbiome. So there's going to be some new topical products that are coming down the road. Very cool. So I could see an instance, and, and will we be able to, okay, let me, let me ask this question, right? So this is, again, my simple mind, I'm thinking, all right, well, if we're going to start trying to, because you can't change your DNA. That's one of the things, you can't change your DNA, at least not yet. I mean, that's whatever. Uh -huh. But like with our biome, we can kind of redirect that e ecosystem. Right. So will I come in and do some sort of a screening with Dr. Holman, to, and so you're going to say, okay, here's what your skin biome looks like. So this is the, and I'm, I'm thinking bacteria must be some kind of mud or something that mm -hmm. you're going to say, here, this is the balance you need to start redirecting because you've got too much of this in your biome, it looks like. So this right. will help reduce that. You need to spur growth here. Is that what that will I think hopefully eventually look like? it's going to get there. We are not there okay. yet. It's starting to understand the microorganisms that we're already very familiar with on the skin mm -hmm. and harness them to do what they should do, um, mm -hmm. protecting the skin so that we're not stripping what we need off of the skin. Because so much, you know, we get it wrong in medicine all the time, but that's why it's the practice of medicine. Sure. We haven't perfected it by any means, but we've learned over time some of the things that we used to do for acne are actually harmful to the skin down the road, those yeah. type things. So I think we're going to continue some of these things that we're doing currently that strip the skin we're going to continue to learn. And it may be, I think anti-aging especially is going to be interesting with this new phenomenon of the microbiome and epigenetics. So but it's going to change how we treat skin disease too on the medical side. I mean, understanding the microbiome and things like children's eczema, those type things, I really think it's going to be the next wave of medicine. Well, and it's funny you say about eczema. That's another thing that I read in some book. Uh, I think it was the guy, I think it was James Nestor who wrote the book, uh, Breath, where he talked about, maybe he or someone he knew suffered from severe eczema and once they got their breathing right and their gut biome right the eczema was completely cleared up which is kind of crazy so it's what that's kind of what i'm saying too like they still had a tendency towards yeah. eczema but if you're all one thing your skin is just a manifestation of what's going on on the inside it's like when i treat folks with psoriasis if their mm -hmm. psoriasis is mm -hmm. out of control i'm like this is a window i'm more worried about what's going on with your cardiovascular system with your mm -hmm. joints based on the systemic inflammation it makes sense you know their breathing problems don't cause eczema, but if your breathing's not under control, you're one person, and it's harder for us from the outside to control sure. the skin problem because your overall inflammatory state is elevated. Okay, so now let's talk. So that was so we've mentioned a treatment mm -hmm. to ha help with the protection, getting getting the cells regenerating. Now, just what about like daily maintenance? Like what is, and let's just I mean start wherever you want, Dr. Holman from like the person that's listening out there that is right now doing nothing. I mean, right. they, they literally, they wash their face, they let it dry and just get, you know, hit the door and they're out <laughs> to, you know, what does that person need to do just at a very baseline 
on a maintenance level to protect their skin and to hopefully get some longevity out of it. Right. So, I mean, it's kind of three things. If I could get people to do three things okay. just to start, and it's a pretty easy regimen. We have lots that we can build here with dots of different lines and price points, um, but sunscreen's the one that mm -hmm. you're protecting yourself from UV radiation. Two is getting into that antioxidant. So for most folks, that's a morning antioxidant, like a vitamin C serum and a nighttime retinoid. Now, you have to be careful on that retinoid side of things um, just because choosing the right one for your skin type is important. Some can mm -hmm. kind of cause some sensitivity or can strip the barriers. And so there's a lot of different options out there. But that's kind of my basic regimen. But like for my husband, his stops at two. He's got a sunscreen that he'll use, and he's got kind of a power product that's built for men that's just a whole slew of antioxidants and peptides that he puts on once a day. And I know that's all I can get him to do. Like he brushes his teeth in the shower. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And so, but that's, you know, just doing those two things to protect, that's your basic regimen. Now we're covered up behind here with a thousand different products. Yeah. Can you get into everything from eye creams, lots of different moisturizer options? Those are mine. I, I, take, I, I do the yeah. Ulta AM and yeah. PM. And yeah. during the summer, I always do this because it's got more UV protection, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. So That's right, folks. I listen to Dr. Holman. <laughs> And that's a good point. Like just a good moisturizer mm -hmm. for folks. Your skin looks so much healthier if that barrier is protected as well. And this time of year in the winter, you know, when it's cold like it is today, mm -hmm. next week, every skin exam I do, there's going to be flakes flying off people's legs, you know, as they take their clothes off. And it's just the colder it is, the drier it is. Protecting that barrier is important. You know, one of the things that I think it was back whenever you and Tori were doing y'all's videos, that I never thought about showing my age was my hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, talk about right. hand care because I, I never thought about it. Now I look down and, like, and you can, especially whenever I hold them up next to gym lens, I'm like, right. oh gosh, you know? Yeah. So talk a little bit about hand care or just those the parts of the skin that we don't really think about. So same thing is bringing down that sunscreen, especially for women. Like if mm -hmm. you look at women, especially 60s and 70s, the difference in their face and their neck. Mm -hmm. um, and that's because we'll wear makeup and our face is always more protected, mm -hmm. but we don't always bring that down to our neck and uh, the chest area. Mm -hmm. And this gets so much more sun damage. The worst sun damage that I see is on women's chest. Yeah. I mean, more cancers there, those kind of things as well. So same thing, backs of your hands, neck, chest, that's an important thing okay. to do with your sunscreen as well. And just moisturizing. My hands are ancient. I wash them a hundred times a day. And mm -hmm. so there's really no way around that for me. But saying that, if you can minimize hand washing, not using the alcohol-based hand sanitizers, mainly because those are just stripping the moisture out of your skin, mm -hmm. or using a regular moisturizer if you are doing those kind of things. That's why people with hand eczema, it's one of the hardest things for me to get cleared up and stay clear, because our hands are the touch points to the world. You're yep. not keeping them in your pockets. And so, but those are all things. Dry hands, make them look older. You know, we go as far as to put filler in hands, those kind of things as well, just to help plump them back up. But your sun protection is a big one. Okay, so, and now when it comes to moisturizers, what do I need to stay away from? Like, I know that, like, fragrances, I know that some fragrances are bad, right? Because right. they got alcohol or whatever. So, again, kind of like I'm going shopping and I'm looking at the back of the, the box, what do I need to make sure, if, it, if it's in there, don't put that on my skin, or if it doesn't have this, go find something that does have this in it. Is there so I try to tell folks to avoid, um, you know, you've got everything. Like, what's a great moisturizer? Just plain old coconut oil is a great moisturizer. Okay. That's a good one for folks who really want to stay along the natural thing. You know, I'm not one, I'm not trained in essential oils and those kind of things too, but coconut oil, which is the carrier for a lot of folks who like to use essential oils, mm -hmm. that's a good basic moisturizer. What's in my drawer at home, CeraVe is my very favorite. It's okay. a very basic easy to find over the counter and really has a ton of great, like if you're going to do some over the counter, like eye creams, those kind of things that are really accessible price point, CeraVe or Cetaphil are two of my very, very favorites. Oh, Gemlin will not go anywhere without yeah. the Cetaphil. I know That's... they're just good hydrating, but fragrance free fragrances tend to be a problem for some folks. And if they're not a problem for you, great. If you like them, you know, same kind of thing. But for me, CeraVe is what's in my drawer at home. Do I need to make sure that I'm using this, something different for my face than the rest of my body or? Not necessarily. It kind of okay. depends. You know, okay. I use something that's a little bit higher end for my face than I do for my body. But, um, I mean, any of those that we just talked about, CeraVe or Cetaphil, you know, yours is that one step up with that Elta AM and PM. Mine may be two or three steps up with what moisturizer I'm using, but, you know, it's easy when you work in the candy store. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that takes care of some of the daily maintenance. Now, one of the things I want to ask, though, what, like, from what you put on your body to what you put on your face, what makes it more premium? What, what, is there an ingredient? Or There's is... lots of different ingredients. Okay. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of different 
peptides and ingredients and lipids and things like that. I mean, you could we need a scientist up here to okay. go into it. But there's okay. a million different peptides and things that go into some of these different ingredients and moisturizers. Now, one of the things I'm going to look here. At my, see, I'm kind of rosy cheeked right now, mm-hmm. but that's probably just because I'm doing this interview. One of the things I started doing, I have no idea. You mentioned coconut oil, uh-huh. so I've started using coconut oil as a pre-shave. Uh-huh. Is that a good idea? That's a great it, idea. Yeah, hydrating okay. your skin, especially because you're decreasing the risk of inflammation and razor burn, those type things as well. Yep. It's the same idea that I tell folks. Make sure that you're using, if they come into me with that razor irritation, or you can get all the way down to sometimes folks will get so much razor irritation, it starts to keloid, mm-hmm. that using something as a pre-shave, making sure that you're using a good sensitive skin shaving cream, minimizing trauma to your skin. So yeah, that's a great thing. Does it matter if I, I shave seven days a week? Is mm-hmm. that too much? Is Am I doing any damage by I mean, shaving every you day? You look great. And okay. so your skin's going to tell you. If you're okay. starting to see a lot of razor inflammation, there's a lot of different tricks we do for those type things. But I mean, I think your skin looks great. Awesome. Okay. Well, I have a very, very good dermatologist. So, all right, let's talk about some of the fun stuff. Sure. Because, I mean, that's the stuff I geek out on, and that's one of the things that kind of the reason why the show's moved in this direction is just learning the different things we can do with our bodies. And it's called, you know, biohacking seems to be kind of the buzzword now, but really it's just kind of understanding this incredibly designed machine that is a human body. And so I want to dig into some of the, yeah, a lot of people go to you when they, it's kind of like having to buy a new set of tires, right? You don't want to have to go buy a new set of tires. A lot of people in your other practice outside of Calm, they're coming to you because they just, they've got this spot that looks horrible and they're getting bad news. But you come into Calm and it's a whole different deal. It's elective most of the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, and this is the thing I want the audience to know is, like, I don't come in here. Yes, I, I am as vain as the next guy. I want to look as young as I can I want for as long as I can. But really, I come in here because I'm like, well, you're telling me there are things I can do to my skin naturally. This was some treatments to really make my body work better. So let's talk about some of those cool treatments. And one of the things I want to ask about, because, you know, what the heck? Here, again, a mirror. You can't see it here, but audience... Don't be blinded by that spot right there on my, the crowd of my head. It, the, I mean, I'm telling you, the, the turf is getting really worn yeah. up there, Dr. Holman. So, so let's start there. Sure. What, what can I do for that, and what's going on with the treatment that you guys do? So, you know, kind of my motto in here is that we're aging gracefully yeah. and naturally, but right. not helplessly. Yeah. And so that's like everything that. that we're doing. I don't want folks to walk out of here and ever be like, oh, whoa, what they have done, that <laughs> right, kind of thing. As right. far as looking unnatural, you know, sure. sometimes you walk out when you're in that initial healing process and look that way. Mm-hmm. But the folks who are clients here want to be billboards, they just look great. Mm-hmm. That you look at them and you think, gosh, you look great. And yep. so what you're talking about, so I was one of the first folks, it's been Four and a half, five years that I started to get into platelet-rich plasma. And okay. so, and we're one of the biggest vendors in this part of the company. Last time I checked, I was number two behind, behind Bosley in Dallas. And I'm like, but I'm not in Dallas. And they're like, yeah, but you're still <laughs> the number two PRP wow. vendor. Um, I love platelet-rich plasma. Like I said, so what we're doing with platelet-rich plasma, and that's what you inject into your scalp, but I inject it under the eyes. We microneedle it into the skin. I use it for wound healing after laser resurfacing procedures. Mm -hmm. What happens is, and the cool thing is, like, you can't be allergic to it or you can't be sensitive to it. Like, it's your... It's yours. It's your platelet-rich plasma. And so we're drawing your blood. We spin it down in a special separator tube, and um, you pull out the condensed plasma that contains your platelets. It looks beautiful. It's like a gold color. We always get PRP Indy when somebody's is really pretty. We're like, oh, it's the best looking PRP all day. But, um, and then for the scalp, we inject it back in the scalp. How does it work? Well, platelets are just chock full of these alpha granules and they have tons of growth factors. And so it's hard to separate them out though. Do we know like it's the vascular endothelial growth factor that's causing this to happen. It's the insulin growth factor that's causing this to happen, the fiber growth factor. It's just that whole soup. And so the actual science behind it, I think we're still a little bit behind in understanding the breakdown of all those hundreds of things that are inside of PRP, mm-hmm. but we see it work. You see wound care studies where you're decreasing healing time by 50%. So like when I wow. do erbium resurfacing, which is essentially I take someone's skin off completely, I immediately apply their PRP after I've done that. And it really has. I've done split faces on myself. Like it decreases that healing time significantly. And so we've even done some studies. You can get some stabilized PRP to take home topically to use afterwards. There's just a lot of cool things out there. But for the scalp, you inject it in. And what we're doing is we're both stopping. Like a big one that I've had recently is folks shedding their hair after COVID. Like three months after you've had COVID, all of a sudden it ran through here. And you would have thought three months after it ran through here that like there was a real problem. There was hair 
everywhere yeah. in our office because, I mean, four or five of us just shed a ton of hair afterwards. And we know that PRP is a great way to help halt that shed. Otherwise, your body's going to have to just kind of reset itself. And so, like I said, the fact that we're seeing something that helps your body heal itself from telogen effluvium, that helps regrow hair in just normal kind of androgenetic alopecia, but it helps in sometimes inflammatory alopecias, things like that. We do a ton of it here. And the cool thing is about, and I haven't done it yet, but I probably will, that versus the like um, Rogaine mm-hmm. or Keeps, they have, what's the minoxidil? Is that what minoxidil. it is? Minoxidil. Which that, you know, that is not of you, right? That's a chemical right. that you're putting on. So there's, and there's a lot of people that'll say that, hey, that, you know, it, it causes some, there's some adverse effects of that. Right. Whereas this, you're using your own body. Now, I know another thing too, just to, if someone out in the audience is listening, they hear, wait a minute. This PRP stuff, is that the same, same as using stem cells? It is not, not, right? It is not stem cells. It's not exosomes. Yep. I don't add stem cells. The FDA actually pulled that about a year and a half ago from okay. folks because there were a lot of that A-cell, pro-cell, that kind of stuff going on. I've never added it in. I just I feel like I kind of like the beauty of that natural PRP. And don't get me wrong. Like, I went to medical school. I'm a medical trained doctor. Do I write for drugs, including minoxidil? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that's kind of cool for hair growth is red light and orange light, too. Those caps, and the FDA yeah. has finally approved one that actually is only 10 minutes a day. It works really well. I don't sell it, but um, just because they're giant, and I don't want to keep the inventory here, too. Yeah. But we're seeing that increase in nitrous oxide in the scalp, which decreases DHT production, helps both men and women who are losing hair. So, like, there's a lot more natural kind of treatments that are coming out, you know, that you're seeing different ways that are not internal drugs to increase some of these, you know, increase yeah. the nitrous oxide is what the red and orange light does. Yeah, so that's one of the things that um, I have just now started really digging into, and I bought my first... Uh, infrared product mm-hmm. for inflammation. I want to get an infrared sauna, but Jim mm-hmm. and I, we started with just the infrared uh, blanket to start yeah. with, to see. And um, and that's, again, it's another th- thing. It's like when you figure out these little things you can do that can have such a profound impact, it's really amazing. All right, so let's talk about one of the treatments that I've had from you, which was Fraxel. Uh-huh. So what happened? What was going on with my face? I honestly did it because Jim Lynn told me that that's what I should do. And you told me, yeah, you need to do it. And that Jason, your husband does it. Um, so what was going on whenever I had Fraxel and why should people do it? So Fraxel, we've upgraded to Halo, which okay. is the next generation of Fraxel. We did that a couple of years ago. Um, it's so, so cool. And so what you're doing is you're doing laser resurfacing. So I'm essentially taking your skin off creating this healing cascade, removing stuff that's damaged too physically, but then also as you heal. But what it's fractionated laser resurfacing. So think about me taking your skin off like a screen door is essentially what it is. Um, And I'm leaving what we call these hero cells behind intact. So as opposed to when I do full ablative resurfacing and I take all your skin off, I've left all these tiny little screen doors of cells there. So you're not having to heal from the outside in. You've got all these little networks that you can heal back out from. So I've taken most of it off, left a little bit behind. So your healing time goes from two to three weeks down to three to five days. Okay. And so, but you're healing both cosmetic and medical sun damage. It's not as great for red. A lot of times if folks have broken blood vessels or a ready complexion, I'll also run that BBL red filter on, mm-hmm. but then we'll follow it with a halo. It's something that like, when I talk about what you, everybody should do, if your skin type is appropriate and you've seen sun damage, you have any history of sun exposure, those kind of things, you're starting to see that red and brown sun damage once a year is typically what I recommend. Okay. And then Mrs. Wright's favorite maintenance uh, routine she does is the hydrofacial. I know. I what love that too. She loves her hydrofacials. What's yeah. going on there? So our hydrofacials, I have four machines because like we use them every day, all day. Yeah. It's, um, it's just fun. It's like when you go to the dental hygienist, you know, you brush your teeth every mm-hmm. day, but when you go to the dental hygienist, she really gets in there, gets it really clean. So a mm-hmm. hydrofacial, um, what it is, it's kind of hydrodermablating is our hydrodermabrasion is what they call it as well. It's a great exfoliation. You're doing a light chemical peel, which is kind of a chemical exfoliation, mm-hmm. really getting that skin clean exfoliated, but without any peeling afterwards. And then you're driving moisture into your skin. You walk out glowing. It's just a beautiful maintenance. I was speaking to an oncologist. I called him recently about a patient and she was like, Hey, you don't know that I come to calm. The only thing that I do there is monthly hydrofacials and my entire 
entire skin game is completely changed just by doing monthly hydrofacials. That's what Jimlin says. Yeah, it's just thing. your skin's so much healthier, so much glowing, just because once a month you're just removing kind of, you're getting all that dead stuff off that you're not getting when you're washing it at home. And it's pretty gross. Like you pull out that, they call it, it's a terrible name. They call it the gunky that you can see yeah. afterwards. And you see all the stuff that got cleaned off of your skin. It's just a great way for folks who don't want to do more invasive stuff, but want to do something like my grandmother. She mm -hmm. loves her hydrofacials too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I've, and my teenagers, like when they feel like their skin's congested yeah. or they're having a breakout, that's what they say. Mom, can we please go up and you'd give me a hydrofacial? Right. And again, these are all things that are, they're natural remedies. They're, they're just, you just have equipment to actually get the right. most out of right. the skin, which is what I love about this place. Now you, you mentioned COVID. Like I started really losing my hair due to stress, mm -hmm. which when, when Abby was diagnosed with type one diabetes, my hair just started, I mean, it just, it was right. gone. It's never really regained its thickness. Uh, but you mentioned COVID. So during just regular sun exposure, like, you know, is there like a certain amount of time that, because we, you know, we get good vitamin D mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that's been recommended to this whole COVID thing. Um, is there like a, okay, go get 15 minutes. You don't have to put anything in, no sunscreen, just absorb 15 minutes of vitamin D from the sun. Or is it, is it five minutes? Is it 10 minutes? Is it daily? Is there so any? We don't have an answer. Okay. On that. There's okay. not any good evidence-based clinical trials. And as a physician, okay. I kind of have to step back and stick with that. Yep. As a dermatologist, we're still going to recommend supplementation without unprotected sun exposure for the vast majority of our patients. And Got so, it. but that's because we see the damage from UV radiation. Okay. Now you mentioned supplementation. Mm -hmm. So one of the most recent things that I have added to my supplementation protocol, which comes and goes, I mean, mm -hmm. I'll take vitamins or supplements for three weeks, then I'll back off. Right. But one that I've added is aloe vera capsules. Uh -huh. Okay. So any others, you've mentioned topical vitamin C for, for mm -hmm. skin. What are some other, I guess, you know, digestible supplements that you would recommend for the listener that that will does pertain to skin health and it does the aloe vera right. do me any good i just i read it in a in uh i can't remember what book it was but i was like well that makes sense i mean and then yeah. i was using aloe vera as my pre-shave and post-shave for a while but it stunk it was, oh. it, was it didn't yeah, smell good the true. one the one that i yeah. had so but i am taking the um the aloe vera capsules anything else as far as supplementation that people should be doing so it kind of depends on what's going on with your skin. You know, okay. there's a lot of different things that we recommend for acne-prone skin, for folks with rosacea, um, for anybody with a history of precancers or sun exposure. I love vitamin B3. So nicotinamide okay. has a lot of benefits, 500 twice a day. Um, any of my skin cancer patients, actinic keratosis, there was a study. And this is, again, where I have to go back to what does evidence-based medicine yep. tell us? Yep. And so in an Australian study, it showed that taking vitamin B3 twice a day twice a day, decrease the incidence of actinic keratoses. Okay. And so there's a lot of evidence for that too. And um, it takes a little bit longer to kick in than some of our traditional therapies, but for vitamin B3 in acne and rosacea prone skin as well. So we've got some medical studies there for sure. Um, vitamin D in anyone who's deficient, I certainly recommend a lot of that as well. I typically am drawing a blood test to check that and kind of prescribing their supplementation regimen or dosing mm -hmm. based on that. But certainly when folks vitamin D is low, I have a harder time getting them to regrow hair, those type things as well. And so that's another big one that I recommend. Oral vitamin C, there's not a lot of great skin studies for oral vitamin C. There's a lot more for topical vitamin C. Okay. A lot of the times when I say it's not hurting anything, you know, right. those type things as well. And then one of the other things that we have here, you know, again, I'm not trained in homeopathy or supplementation. These are more things that you've picked up after residency because it's not part of traditional medical training. But um, Carly and Wendy who work with me and they specialize in hormone optimization therapy. Mm -hmm. They're so, that's why we have a whole shelf over there of all supplements, but that's kind of their thing. And they create supplement regimens all the time for folks, mainly based around their blood work and kind of hormone needs those type things as well okay and talk about that i'm so glad you brought that up because again that is from a purely physician clinical standpoint that's one of the things i think a lot of people miss is how important having those blood panels done is so that you will know what your baseline is it's one of the right. things that i've recently just learned from some of the people that i've talked about previously in this conversation you know uh that's the whole idea for dr marvin singh's book rescue your health is it's he calls it, calls it precisionomics. Mm -hmm. Get precise. First, know your baseline on your gut biome, your blood work, and then you'll know where to start. So let the listener know from a physician standpoint just how important it is to actually know 
whether you're because as I could be taking B12, but if I'm already high in B12, I'm really right. wasting it. And then there's some something else I should be taking that I'm not right. So how important it is, just kind of reiterate that point, but then how often do I get my blood work done? It totally depends. Okay. It depends on what we're treating if we started an intervention. And again, this is something more my nurse practitioner and PA do. I've taken the classes, but I defer all those treatments to them. Yep. Um, but, you know, baseline, especially when they're starting a hormone or a supplement optimization regimen, you've got to know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then don't blanket treat anything like everybody needs to be optimized not just pelleted you know got it with a here's your pellet yeah there's so many places from an optimization standpoint like the interplay between your vitamin d and some of these Mm -hmm. other hormone levels those kind of things as well like there's such a complex interplay between thyroid vitamin d your hormone levels all of those things because again it's slowing the aging process and a lot of that then this gets outside of the skin. Clearly, I'm not optimizing my cardiovascular health necessarily by my retinoids at night. But a lot of these other things that we do here as far as optimization, that gets more towards, that's my goal, is cognitive health, cardiovascular health. We know, especially for women, Mm -hmm. in the 10 years on either side of menopause, there's a lot of long-term protective benefit as we go through that change and doing some optimization. One thing I haven't asked you about is soap. Soap. I want to know about soap because I know I use cheap soap. I buy Dove soap at Sam's. Oh, I use Dove. Okay, that's what I use too. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's gentle, the non-fragrance Dove soap, that's what I use. Now, for folks who have sensitive skin, Mm -hmm. a lot of times I recommend a surfactant-free cleanser like Acetafil, those kind of things as well. Um, No Irish Spring, stay away from that. Don't don't use Dial, those kind of things. If you have dry and sensitive skin. Why don't you like the Irish, Dr. Holman? What did they do to you? I love the Irish. The Irish are But their soap is killer for old guys with dry skin, and that's who always comes in got terrible eczema on their legs and they're like i just use our spring and like, can you switch it up please but okay. um but no the main things is you know if you have drier sensitive skin mm-hmm. especially those harsher soaps can strip those barriers and the problem is typically they're using our spring then they get out and the water evaporates off their skin without getting moisturizer on too and when it's cold every old guy in my office has eczema okay yeah. well that's good Freaking Irish, and them and their them and their soap and their springs. <laughs> I don't even know if there's. A, oh yeah, hey Jay, do you know? Are there any springs in Ireland? Even. I have no idea. I, yeah, well, I don't know, but I know that they, the commercials slice off some of that. I think they slice off <laughs> they the Irish. They do, yeah, the right? green. Yeah, I remember seen that? that? Yes, Back I in do. The day. Uh-huh. All right, no Irish spring. We're gonna get calls. I we guarantee. I love my Irish spring. Well, you do and you're not sensitive. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Moisturize after your shower. (laughs) So, okay. Well, I tell you what, this this has been great. All right, so what I've taken from this conversation, Dr. Holman, is that, okay, well, there's one thing I think this is huge. How often should I come see you? As, as my physician, how often do you need to be looking at So the at recommendations from a skin cancer standpoint are once a year. And okay. you're a good one that's a once a year. Like yeah. not everybody who's in their mid-40s do I say we need to see you head to toe once a year. Okay. But you've got moles. You've got a history of sun damage. You yep. know, yep. definitely when you see this red and brown sun damage, I start to, because I want to catch things early. If yep. you start to see precancers, I want to treat them early. Be that with something here. Be that with something medically. There's a lot that we can do for that. So for most folks, it's going to be once a year. If you've got over 50 moles, you know, that's a good idea for us to check them out once a year as well. Now, I have some folks that I see as frequently medically as every four to six weeks. They're right. my folks who grow cancer just like they're a garden. And so, yeah. but at a minimum, once a year. If you have a history of cancer, a lot of times we're going to take that a little bit more frequently as well. Here, um, it depends on what you're doing. Like I said, I have some folks that are in once a month for their hydrofacial. I have a lot of folks with rosacea or other conditions that are in once a quarter for things like BBL. Mm-hmm. I have a lot who are in here for the needle stuff, you know, typically in their Botox or an equivalent about three times a year, and then volume replacement once a year. That's kind of my prescribed regimen in a perfect world that I don't even do because I get too busy. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and then everything else that we kind of do gets more towards treating different conditions. So folks who come in with melasma or scarring or those kind of things as well. But from that aging gracefully standpoint, Mm -hmm. if I could just get a year where I did 12 hydrofacials, Botox once or three times a year, fillers once a year, and my halo, like if I could do that for a few years consistently, it would be a good thing for anybody. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's kind of the baseline. That's just like, if you just, you're perfect student, you're perfect people. Yes, exactly. That's that aging kind of gracefully 
baseline. Now there's a lot more that we can do that's fun and enhancing. Some of the things we do, people will come in, you know, they'll say, I think I want lip filler. I'm like, great. Do you want to wear big earrings? Do you want to wear small earrings? You know, there's fun things like that that we do that are just accessory type stuff, but the aging gracefully, if you could kind of follow that basic regimen in addition to the daily stuff that we talked about, because anything you're doing at home just helps what I'm doing in here work even better. Okay. All right. Well, Dr. Holman, all right. Is there anything that I should have asked you that would benefit this audience that I didn't, that you're going to be like, dude, you are such a clown. You didn't even, I'm, I'm a, you had me as a dermatologist. You didn't even ask me this. Yeah. I guess the one thing that I might tell folks Uh is where I see guys your age miss the boat is they ignore something that is actually a skin cancer. So like, what does a skin cancer look like? That's what people don't know. And so what I hear over and over and over is mm-hmm. that nah, this was a bug bite. I had this mm. pimple and it just won't heal up. This started as a pimple. I swear it's a pimple. If you have a spot on your skin, every time you dry your face, it bleeds a little bit. And for women, face and chest, I see so much for skin cancers on the chest in women too, okay. that every time it's sensitive or it feels like a sticker or you have a pimple or a bug bite, yeah. that three, four weeks later, you're like, huh, that pimple is still there. I hear that over and over, and I can't tell you how many guys in their 40s and early 50s that I've had come see me that now have a skin cancer this big just because they keep ignoring it. Just don't ignore something. And then melanoma, especially in younger women, like it's it's rough, and it's a really, really terrible disease and um we're getting better at treating it but my husband who's now a hospice physician you know those are some of the worst cases he's seen so if you have a mole a b c d e if you have a mole that used to be round and is now asymmetric the border has changed you have new colors inside the mole the diameter is expanding ease your biggest one you have a mole that's evolving don't ignore those things and so and if you have a concern about any of that i would always rather or any of my partners would Mm -hmm. rather say it's okay you know but for the one time that you say, eh, it's probably okay, and let you let something get out of hand. So That's good. And A, B, C, D, E. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remind yeah. me, Jake, remind me A, B, C, D, E to put that in the show notes. That's that's that's. Yeah, and there's lots of stuff on the American Academy of Dermatology's website, too, with graphics that show pictures as well. Okay. But, I mean, as we've talked about all the fun stuff, I'm not doing my real job if I don't say yeah. what to look for right. for skin cancer. Right. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, and then also, I don't know what we're going to do. We said like 10%. We're like yeah, through absolutely. April. Okay. Yeah. We're going to set up a promo code for you guys to use at Calm and uh, 10%. And also what I'm going to ask Dr. Holman to do after we get off camera or whatever is like, yeah. I want you to put together like a, a little like a survival kit, you know, to where, oh, sure. where they yeah. can say like, okay, this is what you like for me. Like I told you, I've got the, uh, the AM PM moisturizer that I use every single day and so we'll we'll do something like that but be looking for that and you're going to get a we'll do a promo code okay so the motto of the jason Wright show is to improve always and always and improving skincare is huge so maybe we'll make the promo code improve if that works that works that's great all right so be promo code improve i'll blast it out there i'll be in the show notes which you're going to get through april and then i think that's it cool this has been awesome. Yeah, thanks, Jason. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Holman. This is great. And come into Calm. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, thank you so much. Please click subscribe. Leave a comment. Talk about just anything because that gets the algorithm lubed up and gets people excited. And they need to hear this message from Dr. Holman. Thank you for listening. If you're listening to the radio, listening to the podcast. And with that, I'm Jason Wright. Thank you, Dr. Holman. Thank you, Jake. I'm out. Well, that does it for this episode of The Jason Wright Show. This has been a Texas Titans Media production. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, for Calm, call them at 903-765-7947 and ask them about some of these incredible products to protect your skin, to stay younger, longer, and to, most importantly, stay safe from those UV rays. Call them. Use promo code IMPROVE and you will get 15% off. That's 903-765-7947. And also, don't forget to go to jasonrightnow.com and subscribe to the Petruvian Letter. Until we are together again, I am out.